This is In Blue, a reptile podcast where we talk to some of your favorite reptile keepers, hoping to find out what they just can't live without. We want to bring you closer to some amazing people sharing their stories and experiences about life and the animals they love. Join us as we go deep in blue to shed what we know and gain a fresh new perspective about reptiles and their keepers. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Heidi. Welcome to In Blue, episode four with Brittany Gobble. Hi. Hi, Hi Brittany. Brittany. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Brittany, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I am a stay-at-home snake mom who also has kids and a husband, and um, that keeps me pretty busy. I have three kids, and my main job, I guess, at this point is pretty much the reptiles. So what reptiles do you keep? <laughs> um, well, you know, like once you get one, then you want them all. Yeah. So I have the ball pythons. We have uh, blood pythons, western hognose, and then the BCI, the boas, are the ones that we're actually breeding. And then as far as pets go, of course, we have toads and frogs and um uh, barons, racers, uh, the snakes, and a whole list of other reptiles and exotic pets. <laughs> Actually, I have two fox. I have an Arctic fox, and then I have the Finnick fox. And oh, how right nice. now, yeah. And then right now, I have an emu egg that's um, rocking and peeping in the incubator. So I'm really excited. <laughs> that that does sound exciting. <laughs> Yes. I'm like, please hatch. We're going on vacation next week. And my mother-in-law and the kids are going to be here. It's just me and Johnny are leaving for, he has continuing education and I'm going to be lazy in a hotel, but they say they imprint on whatever they see first. So Uh I'm like, please hatch in two days. In the next two days, you've got to hatch. They're fun, but it's definitely like, it keeps you busy because you've got, it's a lot of work. Do your kids help you out? Yes, they do. Um, now that they're getting bigger, my oldest is 13. And so she's a big help. She actually took over the rats. So she loves awesome. the rodents. And I'm not like, I don't mind rodents, but I don't necessarily enjoy cleaning them. Mm-mm. And um, I was like, I'm going to hire somebody. I just, I don't, it's more cost effective for me to still raise them myself um, in this area. But she's like, please, you know, I want a job and this will be great. And So for the last six months, she has been feeding them, cleaning them, you know, checking them. I just go over there to double check everything and move males and pull um, babies when they wean. So that's been great. And what is the one thing that you really appreciate that you learned from your parents? Oh, from my parents? I mean, it's probably cliche, but they pretty much told me that I could do whatever I wanted to do. And I absolutely believed them. <laughs> so I just have tried to do all the things. That was the problem. <laughs> um, but but yeah, and, and my mom was very, she drilled it in all of our heads when we were young that, you know, our character on the inside was the most important thing. You know, that's the only thing that you can keep for as long as you're here on earth is your character. Um. I was kind of perusing your Facebook, you know, looking for things I might want to ask. It said, um, 
about traveling. I noticed some painting stuff about piano. Do you have yeah, any? I was, I was a piano. I was um, a classically trained pianist. Oh, wow. So that was, um, as it was a kid, that was what I was supposed to do was be a concert pianist. So oh, I was the little kid at six, seven, eight, that was sitting there just, you know, an hour a day or more practicing. I had the German teacher who would, you know, hold a book under my chin and I'd have to play the piano with no mistakes while I'd not being able to see my hands. Oh um, <laughs> that she, she laid back in this armchair and close her eyes. And I'd be like, she's asleep. She's actually asleep. And then I'd hit the wrong note and she'd come up out of that recliner and it'd go boom. And she'd be like, start over. <laughs> <laughs> so at 13, she was ready for my debut. And it turns out I have stage fright, like crippling stage fright. Oh, no. So I ended up teaching. I became a private piano instructor. Um, I started that business when I was 16. By the time I was 18, I had 50 students and about 80 on a waiting list. Oh and um, I did that for 10 years. I would just, after they got home from school, I would just drive these neighborhoods and park and teach the kids. That was a lot of fun. Kids are very vocal. And a lot of people are like, well, what don't you do? And the best example I've ever had is I can't sing. Like I cannot sing to save my life. And I had this, I had this kid and he was four incredible genius child. And uh, he said he, he had struggled so hard with this song for like four weeks. He just could not get this song. And so I said, you've got to count it. So as he's playing, I'm like one and two and three and four. And I'm trying to keep the beat, right? Well, I guess as I'm keeping the beat, I'm, you know, kind of going with the melody. At least I thought that I was. He just pauses and he looks at me and he says, Miss Blitney, if you will stop making that noise, I promise I will count. <laughs> I was like, oh, out of the mouth of children. That's great. So I, I stopped making that noise and that kid counted that song to perfection. So what else have you done? Well, I guess what else have you done career wise? Let's start there. Oh goodness. So my first job, I was actually 13 and I worked at a repeat store where they would like bring in clothes on consignment for mm -hmm. children. And I got paid in beanie babies and I thought I was the richest kid on earth. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, of course from there, it was the typical babysitting. And then um, I worked at two health food stores because I was raised. So I knew a lot about herbs and that kind of thing. And um, so nobody believed they come in and the 16 year old is the one telling them which herbs and things they should buy. Um, and that's actually where I started with the piano was because I was having these families come in and they'd be like, oh, so, you know, what are you going to go to school for? And I would say, well, I'm going to get my degree in teaching. And they said, well, can you start now? And I was like, well, yeah, I don't see why not. So by the time I was 18, I was making $50 an hour and making $1,500 a week. And I was like, I'm not going to school <laughs> um, for that. Um, and I loved it. And then after that, um, I was the office manager at Johnny's office. He's, you know, but most people know he's a veterinarian. And so I'd go in a couple days a week and do the ordering and the bossing around and, Kind of funny story. If you know us in person, most people think he's less approachable than I am, which is kind of weird. But in our whole relationship, that's how it's been. Brittany's the nice one and Johnny's the little bit tough Marine guy. And because I had to do the firing, which terrified me, like I'd have to keep my hands together because they shook so bad. Um, 
I got the reputation for being scary. And it was kind of awesome um, because <laughs> I could go in and they would all go to their jobs really fast because um, <laughs> they were afraid I'd fire them. But so I, I did that for a while and then I got knocked up by the boss and he fired me. And I'm still thinking I have a lawsuit there somewhere. Um, <laughs> Probably. Um, and then we started doing the cats. So I bred and we traveled around the world showing um, show cats, the hairless and the lycoid. And I think that's probably most of it. Like I, I did sculpting and painting for a while and it kind of in between most of my hobbies I start and then they end up as a job. Oh, <laughs> well, I can understand I mean, that. I guess that's not horrible, right? That means you're good at well, them. So I guess I just, then yeah. I get stressed out because it's a job and then I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I can you understand don't want to that. On consignment. You want to be creative in your own way. Exactly. Yeah. So totally. did that lead up to the photography? Is that one of those things that was a hobby and ended up as a job or? Yes. So with the photography, I'm a perfectionist. And if I'm going to do something, I'm going to constantly push myself to be better. I, I don't care about competing with anybody else. You know, you do you and I'm going to cheer you on. Uh, you know, that's just my thing. But for myself, I will I'm very, very competitive with myself. I will make myself sick. I'm so competitive with myself. Yeah. Um, so when we started having kittens, obviously I had to take photos of them for the families and they were horrible. I mean, they were horrific photos. I mean, think of the worst photo you've ever seen, like the Pinterest nailed it. And it, mine was worse. Okay. <laughs> and um, I actually threw the camera down. This is in 2010 and said, I am never taking a photo with that camera again. And I will just stick with my point and shoot or my cell phone because it does so much better. And it took a year. It was a year before I picked it up again. I was like, okay, I can do this. I can beat this camera. And I took, I think I looked one time, it was 10,000 photos a month is what I was taking. And just going over them, over them, I'd look at them and be like, okay, so what did I do? How could I have made the lighting be here instead of on the backside? And um, I just nitpicked myself to death until I finally, I guess, got the hang of it. <laughs> wow. That's one way to do it. I and know. Animals are hard because they move. You know, it's like that one second it's perfect and the next second it's not. Yes. I think the lychees have been the hardest ones that I've had to try to take pictures of. Because as soon as you set them down, they take off. <laughs> So I would horrible. set them down to take a picture. And it, as soon as you do, they just, they run away. And I'm like, you almost have oh, to take man, a picture of them while they're in their enclosures. So they're super hard to take pictures of outside their enclosures. I was so worried. We did, um, actually just got back from South Carolina Tuesday. Well, we went and visited a, a really unique blood collection of the blood pythons. And I was so prepared because I have the bloods. And to be honest, mine are like misbehaving brats. So I'll put them on the table and then they're like slapping all my props off. And I'm like trying to grab vases before they hit the floor. Just very, very uncooperative. So I talked to the breeder and I'm like, you know, we'll see how this goes. And he's like, yeah, we'll see how this goes. Neither one of us knew how it was going to go. Do you know every single snake sat perfectly still? It was the easiest shoot I ever did. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. And I go, that was really easy. And he goes, I know, right? <laughs> we were both kind of freaked out. I was like, did you keep it extra cold or something? I know. I think <laughs> I, I kind of thought they were like 
cats because with cats, most people think that the longer you work with an animal, the better it's going to be on, on the table while you're working with it. And with cats, it's the exact opposite. If you can nail the photo within the first 15 seconds, your job is so much easier because a cat will typically freeze and like, it'll look around like, why am I here? What are you doing? I don't think I like this. And then once it makes the move to dart, you're done. Now you have to sit for 30 minutes or however long, putting the cat over and over back in the same spot until the cat gives in and lets you win. I mean, you know how hard it is to win with a cat. Um, <laughs> so I think that maybe the bloods are the same way because I, he would put it up there and it would like be real still. And I go click, click, click and get the shot. And, you know, eventually they'd start moving and then he'd go to touch them. And then they were like, we're done. But Everywhere he posed them, they just stayed. It was incredible. Nice. I can even try to get pictures of some of my snakes. I'm like, yeah, I give up. Not going to happen. I have oh two. Oh, my gosh. Trying, trying to two. put babies on Morph Market. I get yes. so mad. I start yelling at them. I'm like, you can't hear me, but I'm yelling at you anyway. Like, they frustrate <laughs> me so much. I'm just squirming around everywhere. Like, stay put. Just stay in the box. Like, just in the light box would be fabulous. Nope. <laughs> but... Some, some are worse than others. I have, I have two snakes I cannot photograph. One, it curls so tight. And usually I can outweigh an animal. That's the trick is you just have to have the patience of Job. You know, it's like I have nowhere to be for the next three hours and I will outweigh you. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, this snake does not. Like as soon as you see her start to loosen, if you so much as twitch, she just tightens again. So I've never gotten a photo of this snake unballed. And then I have one that will not ball up and it's an adult female, like 2000 grams. So, you know, trying to hold this snake that's just whipping around is, is yeah, it's just never going to happen. I was like uncooperative little butts. <laughs> exactly. So you like <laughs> to travel. Where is your favorite place that you've been? Uh, Sedona. I love Arizona. Um, it's just I love the red rocks. I love the heat of the desert. I just, there's something about that heat that feels so good. Um, and it's so different than Tennessee because it's always pretty much always green here. Um, outside of, of the U S I would have to say Austria. It was literally, I felt like I was in a green screen the whole time. I mean, my friend recorded me coming around the hill. She promised she wouldn't. There's a video out there of me coming around the hill and I'm singing. And again, I can't sing. Um, the hills are alive with the sound of music and I'm into it, man. And I came around that curve and she's just recording the whole thing. Um, but it's, it was really that, just that incredible. Okay. So Sedona, is that where you pulled your, um, pseudonym from? Yes, it was actually was because I, like I said, I love Sedona. Um, it's the only place I've ever traveled to that I've gotten homesick for. Well, so then that's going to bring me to one of my other questions I have for you. Um, what got you into the writing? Okay, so actually I started writing in 2013 because I needed another hobby, obviously. <laughs> um, I, was, I was traveling and showing the cats a lot. So I was spending a lot of time in hotels on the weekend by myself because Johnny had to work and couldn't go with me. And so I started just writing and putting a chapter up at a time. And then I forgot about it. And so one day I logged into the site and it had said I had like 185,000 views. Oh. And I was, and so I told Johnny, I was laughing. I was like, huh, guess what? I must've not sucked so bad at that. And he's like, you should totally finish that book. 
And I said, well, I'll get to it at some point, maybe. And I've had health issues and my doctor felt like I needed to go more or less on bed rest. He's like, you need to sleep as much as you possibly can. You're exhausting your body. So I went to bed and I got bored. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, what can I do from the bed? You know, (laughs) and um, so I picked up the book and decided to finish it and then kind of just got, you know, bit with I've, I've always loved telling stories. And it was like, well, I bet I could tell this one and I bet I could tell this one. And it just kind of ran from there. So I published in December, I published my eighth book, which was kind of exciting. That's wow. exciting. I really look forward to reading them. I, I love to read as one of my most favorite pastimes. And I'm I an audio, but I don't do it as much. <gasps> I got my first audio book just got published um, five days ago. Yeah, I'm super excited. So it was very hard, though. You know how, like, when you hear your voice on voicemail and you cringe because I don't think anybody likes how their voice sounds. So hearing my words read back to me felt the same way because (laughs) you're like, why did why did I say it that way? Or (laughs) um, the the narrators sound amazing. That was a lot of fun getting to interview these people um, and see which voice fit the characters the way I wanted to. Uh, how I imagined them sounding and it was cool like hearing them I was like it's like a real book <laughs> but when um when I actually kept going I was like oh wow this is kind of weird did you do that different voices point. for different characters or is it all the same um I, so I have three different series right now and I actually hired different narrators for each series <laughs> I do hope to use the narrators again on other series but I, I love audiobooks and I hate it when you're they all sound the same because I, I start associating certain voices with certain people. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want mm-hmm. these first group that go out like the first nine books. I didn't want them to be the same people. And um, so the male is like two narrators for each one. And the male will do the male voices and the female does the female voices because it changes points of view through, throughout the books. Yeah. So that's, that's been cool. It was cool. I reached out to one of my dream narrators because she does, I just love her voice and she does some books that I love. And I about died because she messaged back and she's like, I wrote you on my list of authors to contact because I really, really want to work with you. And I was like, oh, she knows who I am. (laughs) That's awesome. So you said you prefer audiobooks over touching the books? I prefer an actual paper book in my hand. That is my favorite thing on earth. Preferably in the bathtub with the door shut, hiding from everybody. Yes. But I'm a mom and I do a lot of things and I don't always have time to read. So an audio book, I can put my headphones in while I'm cleaning snakes or while I'm traveling and listen to the books. So I I get a lot of books read by doing it with the audio book. and then Kindle Unlimited, I don't know if you guys have that or not, but it's like you pay $9.99 a month and you get, you know, it's an unlimited number of books if they're enrolled in this Kindle program. Um, and I'm a speed reader, so I can read a full length novel in like three hours. Um, Same. So, yeah. So I kind of can, when I'm on a reading um, marathon, I can read way too many and that kind of probably saved my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Are your books enrolled on that program for the Kindle Unlimited? Yes, I I prefer that. I mean, I make a little bit more if I didn't do that. But I think it's because I enjoy that program. I want to be fair to other people. 
because I, I know that they can enjoy that as well. And then let's be real. Not every book is for every person. So I've downloaded books and started reading them and just not clicked with the book. And I can, mm -hmm. I don't have to finish it. You know, it's mm -hmm. not like I'm out the money. I can try a new author that I may have like been like, mm, I don't know if I'll like this or not, but I can try it with no risk. So I think that's, that's nice to be able to offer people that option. I still want to, I still want to hold the book. That's just my favorite part of reading is having it in my hands, whether I'm in the bathtub, locked away from everybody or in a corner under a bunch of blankets with a cup of coffee, cup of wine, glass of wine, whatever the need is. It's super cool when you can hold one that you wrote yourself though. <laughs> yes. Like that is surreal. <laughs> like have, it's like, it's real. It's like really real. <laughs> Who does That's your artwork? Um, I actually commission different artists. So it depends. I look through their galleries and um, find one that's fitting with what I want. And then I'll message them and I'll be like, I have a crazy idea. And um, they're like, let's do this. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of fun. And then sometimes um, they'll just create, they call it pre-made. And it's just like they were creative and created a piece of art. And there's these groups where they'll list these and you can, you know, they're anywhere from like a hundred to $800 a piece. But if you're the fastest one, a lot of times you can like win that cover. And um, so I may have turned into a cover hoarder. If you ask Johnny <laughs> personally, I'm a dragon and I choose to collect snakes and book covers. I don't see a problem with this. <laughs> nope. You're good. Sorry. My mic had the extension piece has springs on it. And if you hit it, it hits those, those springs start making God awful noise. Like me singing. Oh, I mean, I've never heard you sing, so I'm not going to accuse you of being god awful. <laughs> the last thing, the last thing that heard me sing fell off the power lines dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's that story? <laughs> oh no, I'm just joking. No, no. <laughs> my actually, though, my worst story was related to piano teaching. Like the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened in my life was actually one of my teaching stories, and I don't know why I would bring that up now. <laughs> <laughs> because you're going to tell us something about yourself that nobody else knows. Okay. So I may, I, I might've posted about it years ago, but I'm hoping nobody remembered, but of course now they're going to remember again. Um, yeah, this was definitely the worst. So I was teaching a piano class and um, I was sharing the bench with one of my students and she was doing, I mean, it was a beautiful piece. This child was just tearing it up and my worst fear came true. I felt like I didn't feel my stomach. I was pregnant. Let me, let me add that. Cause that will make me feel less embarrassed. I, I was pregnant. I, I did not know I was going to pass gas. There was no warning sign. There was no like, Oh, my stomach hurts. I hadn't eaten anything. That was a trigger. Um, it was like silent, you know? And I was like, Oh, thank goodness. It just happened, you know? And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, it didn't make noise. She kept playing. And I was like, I got like, I got away with it. Well, it was just silent, but deadly. So <laughs> it was so bad. Like, I mean, so bad. And the kid is like 14. She stops playing and she says, oh, shoot, that is the nastiest thing I've ever smelled. I am dying <laughs> a thousand and one deaths. Okay. And she's like, oh, ugh. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, like, I mean, harsh. I deserve it, but harsh. And she leans back and there's a dog under the piano. And she goes, 
don't do that again or I'm going to throw you outside. And I'm like, hallelujah. I so it gets worse. So I let her blame the poor dog. It's brilliant that you got a child to blame the dog instead of you. That's just sheer brilliance. Okay. And I was feeling bad about it, except that in my defense, this dog could clear a room I had suffered at his gas before. It just wasn't his fault that time. (laughs) So she puts her hands back on and she keeps playing. And I'm like, you know, 10 years of teaching that had never happened. It was like, I would wake up in cold sweats at night, afraid that would happen, but it had never happened. And I'm like, one shot deal, never going to happen again. My stomach felt fine. There were no issues. And it happened again. Okay. The same and it was, yes, while I was sitting there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no. But before I could like put anything together, like I should do something. And and I was raised like, we don't ever tell a lie. Right. And I'm like, is this lying by omission? And she, I'm like, maybe it won't smell this time. And then she's like, ah, ah, and she just stops in the middle of her song again. And she says, I have never smelled something so bad in my life. And she says, my eyes are watering. And this kid, like she rubbed it into the ground. I, I felt this big. And so she leans back and she said, that's it. You're going outside. She grabs this dog up and she throws him outside. And she's like, I am so sorry. He, I don't know why he's so nasty. And and I, I'm just like, at this point, I'm so confused. I'm like, just sitting there. And I don't know whether, like, my eyes are watering. But I don't know whether if it's from the smell or from, like, my guilt or, you know, like, I don't even know. And I'm like, you know what? How about we just, you know, you've done good. Let's just shorten the lesson. I'll credit your mom for the other part. And you have a good day. <laughs> I was so humiliated. Where it took me, like, three years to tell anybody what happened. <laughs> Well, do you have any hobbies currently that are not a job for you or that you will not ever let be a job? Um, photography is the borderline uh, because I do have to photograph my own snakes. And, you know, sometimes I will overwhelm myself with shoots and then it starts becoming a job. But that's the one that I'd like, don't let myself get hired for. Um, my answer usually to people, because I get a lot of requests, is like, you can't like, I have to want to photograph. <laughs> you, yeah. you can't pay pay me enough. Um, although I had one lady that would not take no for an answer. So I quoted her like $1,000 for her cat to get glamour shots and she paid it. And I was like, hey, for $1,000, I guess we're doing kitty glamour shots. It's the best compliment you've ever received. Oh, the best compliment. Um. I think to me, the best compliment, I've seen this one a couple of times, is people will say that they recognize one of my photos before they even see who posted it. And my photography has always been my escape. Like I said, that's like the one thing you couldn't hire me to do. And I did it because I like to make, you know, I, I do the straight black and white or the simple, but I've always loved putting animals with props and things that you're not expecting. You know, people take all this time with human photos, but a lot of times there isn't that same care put with an animal photo, you know, the same, you know, level of detail with the props and everything. 
And so I spend a lot of time like thinking these things through. And that, that's a pretty big compliment for somebody to just recognize your style without even needing to see your name. I always get a kick out of all the animal pictures. I was going back through them and uh, I have to love the ones the most where your little hog noses were playing dead. I was like, oh my God, that's great because I've never gotten any of mine to do that and except for once and I did not get a picture of it. That was the first time any of mine had died. And I was like, really? Like, and, and what was crazy was it was like the middle. It had let me take all these photos. And then all of a sudden it just rolled over and died. And I was like, seriously? I mean, that's kind of inconvenient when your model <laughs> dies in the middle of your session. <laughs> but you get some crazies. Oh I've gotten so much hate over my photos over the years um, with the cats. And they're like, you know, with my cats, I used to have custom jewelry made, like little collars with themes. So if I was doing a rain set, they might have a raindrop necklace or, you know, if I was doing a like punk rock, they'd have little spike necklaces, you know, and people be like, you're so cruel. Why are you doing that to those poor animals? And I'm like, they're like, did you ask their permission? And <laughs> so I had that one. Um, I did a photo okay. of Sphinx kittens, which are the hairless ones. Yes. And mm -hmm. I hung some stuffed animals in the background, some stuffed kitty cats. So it looked like they had and they were in a bathtub. So it looked like they had taken off their fur to take a bath. And I was cackling because, of course, you know, I like puns. That's and normal. I got so much hate because they thought I had skinned the cats. <laughs> and, oh my God. and I'm like, one, that's not possible. Um, but they were like, how dare you? And I'm like, you're joking, right? Because I can't tell. <laughs> um <laughs> No, they were serious. So, and, and it wasn't That's one, right. it was like seven people like jumped me for that. And they were like sharing the image, like some photographers will go too far. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Wow. You're like, y'all, it's That's, a joke. I've learned people don't do jokes well sometimes. Um, for a while, I made stuffed teddy bears and they were like stuffed dolls and they were posable. So they had like wire in them. And I made like sloths and foxes and cats. And I made one and I always used faux fur and I posted this cute little stuffed toy. And I'm like, you know, oh, this fun little thing, but faux fur gets everywhere. And this woman ripped into me and she's like, how dare you? That faux needed its fur. And have you, did you actually think of what, <laughs> what um, that animal's going to do without it? I thought you were an animal lover. And now I see you're just as nasty and cruel as the rest of the people. And I'm just like sitting there and my friend goes and posts a rainbow fox and puts mm -hmm. it in the comments and says, yeah, Brittany, what about that faux and its fur? And so I got my fox the next month and his name is faux. Um. <laughs> He's people stinks. They do stink. The phoenix doesn't smell. She has no smell, and she uses her litter box. But oh my goodness, the Arctic fox smells like our house has been skunked all the time. Ooh. Uh, yeah, and they happy pee and they happy poop all the time. There's like no limit to the amount that they can pee in. <laughs> So you feed them and they're like, yay, I got food. I'm going to pee all over it. And then you're like petting them and they're like, oh, this is so great. I should poop while you're petting me. Okay. Note to self. <laughs> Not an Arctic fox. Look at a red fox. They stink a little bit less or okay. a, a fennec fox. I like the fennecs. I think they're really cute. Yeah. She's like a chihuahua on crack. I was going to say, but she looks like she's full of personality. <laughs> 
Oh, yes. And she's a thief. Anything that is her <laughs> her size or smaller goes into her little den. She's got like this little ferret tube. And mm-hmm. we find all of our stuff in the in, in there. Does she have anything, a favorite item? Socks. Socks are her favorite. But she's tried. Oh, uh, most recently was my Coke can. For some reason, she's obsessed with Coke cans. And so she will get in my lap and act like we're snuggling. And she doesn't snuggle that much. So I always know she's about to pull something. And she'll get up there and she'll snuggle and be real sweet. And her whole body goes loose. So you really think that she's not after anything. And then, boom, she'll snatch it and run. And I'm like, every time she gets me. I didn't know what their demeanor would be. So you're, I only know two people that have a Fennec Fox, you and um, some other friends of ours that are breeders. And uh, I've just heard the funniest stories from them. And it really makes me think I definitely want one, even though they sound like a pain in the butt, you know, to an extent. They are, but then all in all, she's like so worth it. I mean, it's like the noise that she makes because she can get loud, but it's so cute because she's so squeaky and tiny, even full grown. She's just, it's ridiculously cute. So you're like, oh, it's so cute when she's making this terrible barking sound at 10 o'clock at night. Um, Or her favorite thing is if you don't open her door so she can come out and she sees you. She'll get her metal food bowl that's the same size as her. So you would think she couldn't pick it up, but no, she can pick it up and she'll bang it like a prisoner and just <laughs> <laughs> and just bang it, bang it, bang it until you like come and come and find her. But ridiculously smart. I mean, just insanely smart. That's do, you have, do you have other um, like dogs and are you do you just have cats? I have five cats, the dog, and we do have the one dog, uh, Birdie, the Lagoto. He's he's the one that's from Bulgaria, and he speaks English and Bulgarian. But you know how with children, when you um, call them by their first name, they think it's optional to answer, like to respond. So if you're like, you know, for my daughter Alexandra, I'm like Alexandra, you know, that may or may not get a response. But if I'm like Alexandra, Catalina, Gobble, you know, she'll come fast, mm-hmm. and that's him in Bulgarian. So if I'm like, come. He'll be like, he'll stop and he'll look at me like, is that for real though? You don't really mean for me to come like right now, now, right? <laughs> but if I'm like, Aladuk, and start yelling in Bulgarian, he'll come running like instantly. So I don't know what my neighbors think. I'm out here yelling in <laughs> Bulgarian. <laughs> it was really cute though when my seven-year-old, I heard her one day and he made her mad and he wouldn't come. And he was letting her like get this close and then he'd run again. And I heard her yelling in Bulgarian. <laughs> did he come oh yeah immediately oh, that's fabulous. that works yeah, Smart kid. Just, you don't you don't expect and her impression sounded like an angry like 70 year old russian grandmother or something <laughs> it was awesome kids are the best sometimes kids. yes sometimes yeah sometimes. when they turn it when they get to be teenagers not as much and then when they yeah. grow up and they're moved out on their own, they're a lot better than two. So, mm. yeah, I keep being told that, like, you need to save her this time because they grow up so quick. And I'm beginning to wonder if that's like a joke that older people play on us. And they're like, <laughs> you should you should really treasure this time. It goes so fast. And then we walk away and they're like, <laughs> we pulled another one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh Mine are young and I homeschool all three of them and they're all three in a different grade. So I never am away from the kids basically, unless we go to a show. 
So mine is probably more to do with as I enjoy being around people, but I'm really an introvert at heart. <laughs> so I need my quiet time and my quiet space. And I have three kids that are very loud and outgoing, just like their dad. <laughs> and that can be a bit much for an introverted hermit like me. <laughs> my youngest is definitely an introvert until it comes to the reptile shows. And then you would never know that he hates to leave the house. He's 12, almost 12. And I homeschool him as well. And uh, I tell you what, he's that moody little pain in the rear right now to me and Robert, but to everybody else, he's sweet as can be. But that attitude, it is for real at 12 years old. My, my girl is 13. And so we have some hormones that are starting to, you know, jump mm -hmm. around. But um, I'm one of those people, it's very, very hard to make me angry. And I find almost everything hilarious. And it turns out that when they are mad, laughing is not the right response. No. <laughs> and <laughs> the harder you laugh, the worse it gets. <laughs> it can get really bad for a girl. <laughs> I did that she's, to Lily and once. She's, she's like sobbing and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm You're like, dying. I'm really trying. I'm really, yeah, I do try to be understanding, but I, I laugh. You know? You're like, but the dramatics are real. With they that are. age. Yes. They are. And I'm not that way. Johnny is like, Johnny is totally like that. I joke that I live with, you know, four women. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm usually the calmer one around here, but yeah, it's, it's funny. I still haven't pulled the cape out though. I'm waiting for that moment next time when she's super mad, oh, like yes. she's really mad. And then I'm going to put the towel around her and be like, now you're super mad. I'm sure it's not going to go well. But I really hope you get it. that on video when you do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah, she, yeah, she doesn't like talk video. She yeah. doesn't like my jokes all that much. But no, no, nobody appreciates that them. around here. I like Facebook stalk your jokes. Yeah, I enjoy them. Johnny's just like, really? No, not another one, Brittany. Logan likes to tell uh, dad jokes. Oh, I love them. I, that, that's my favorite kind, mostly because that's the ones that I get. I get sarcasm and I get dad jokes. Yeah. Anything more than that's like complicated, I'm not going to get it. I've had to ask for help on three blonde jokes. That is embarrassing. <laughs> that's great. Oh my God. I was like, I just don't get it. And then like three jokes later, I'll start laughing. And Johnny's like, please tell me that you're not laughing at that joke. <laughs> Like I just got it. <laughs> and I'm like, it's funny. And he's like, oh, Brittany. <laughs> That's great. So you, uh, he must consider you quite a handful. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, he should have thought about that. We, we met and got married seven months later. And I told him, like, it's his own fault. Live <laughs> <laughs> with the consequences, right? Exactly. Exactly. Now he's stuck with me. He's just scared. Yeah. How long have y'all been married? We've been married 15 years or well, 15 years in a couple of months. So. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Do you want and to tell he us was about married. how you met? Oh yeah. Well, he was my veterinarian. I loved him so much. I married him. Um, <laughs> actually, awesome. um, I had a blue and gold macaw and he was one of the only bird vets in the area. 
And I always remembered him because I'm like, which one in this practice sees birds? I'm like, oh, it's Gobble, you know, Gobble sees the birds. And I would make so much fun of his last thing. <laughs> <laughs> that you took it. <laughs> Karma, baby. Um, so anyways, my mom, um, I still lived with my parents because I was working all the time. And um, she's like, Brittany, your bird never shuts up when you're not here. And she's like, you know, the last time you were at the vet, he said he really wanted one. Like maybe you could rehome the bird. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was like, you know, to be fair, I was about to get an apartment and I, a bird's just not a bird that big is just not going to work. And mm -hmm. so we called and he said, yeah, I'll take him on a trial basis. If he works for six months, we'll pay you for the cage and stuff. So six months it worked out and his staff had remembered me bringing the bird there and they kind of did this setup thing. And they're like, well, just come to the Christmas dinner and he can give you the check there, you know? And then when we got there, the only two seats available were the two next to each other. And um, so we kind of had to sit. It was like, and I'm looking around, I'm like, this is so obvious. Like, it's so obvious that they're trying to <laughs> set us up. They were acting like they weren't. And what was even funnier is Johnny knew there was an age difference, but neither one of us knew how much of an age difference. And so his plan, he says he walked in. His first thought was, wow, she looks beautiful. And his second thought was, I am not going to listen to a teenager giggle all night. So he, well, he didn't know as a teenager. He thought I was in my early twenties, but he says, hi, sits his coat down. And then he starts talking to me and he wouldn't let anybody talk to me the whole dinner. Like they try to talk and he's like, no, no, no. I got a question. I'm talking to her. And so we spent the whole time talking to each other. And um, I called my mom from the bathroom and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm on a date. And she's like, no, you're just, you're homeschooled. You read the signs wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I really think that I'm on a date and they're like, no, no, no. So um, that was a Saturday night. And then Sunday night or no, Monday morning, my mom's like, Brittany, all this stuff is sitting here in the hallway for the bird. You know, I'm cleaning my house. She was spring cleaning and she's like, you need to take it to the vet. And I'm like, mom, I am not showing up Monday morning. I will look desperate. And she's like, you weren't on a date. So you're not going to look desperate. And I'm, so, you know, like when mom says to do something, you do it. So I took the stuff to the front desk and they're like, do you want to see him? And I thought they meant the bird. So I'm like, yes, I want to see him. And they're like, Dr. Gobble, somebody's here to see you. And I'm like, oh, man, now I really look desperate. <laughs> um, so we ended up talking for like 45 minutes. And then, you know, he, he started texting me and came to my mom's was having a little party that week. And he got invited and she slapped a sticker on his back that said Dr. Doolittle. And my great aunt thought that was his real name. <laughs> So she spent the entire week. Oh, Dr. Doolittle. Oh, you're just so sweet. Isn't Dr. Doolittle so handsome? And we're like, we could never convince her that wasn't his name. Um, she thought, I'm like, why did she think we had name tags on our back? Because it's that game where, you know, you have to guess who you are. Yeah. Um, anyways, so yeah. Four months later, we were engaged. And then we got married and seven months later. That's awesome. I love it. That's yeah. so fast. It was really fast. And we didn't know, like I said, we didn't know each other's ages because I, I liked him a lot and I didn't want him to not date me because I was young mm -hmm. and he didn't want me to not date him because he was old. And so it finally took several times and my mom's like, okay, let's just stop this. How old are you? And mm -hmm. I thought he was 32 and he was 35 and he thought that I was 24 and I was 18 turning 19 the next week. 
Wow. wow. So, <laughs> he, he turned so many shades of pale. I thought he was going to pass out. But um, <laughs> thankfully, he liked me enough. He said he had he asked me so soon because when he asked me to be his girlfriend, um, I made him ask me like four or five times. I kept saying <laughs> no. <laughs> and he's like, well, I figured I'd get a head start on asking you to marry me. And so he didn't expect me to say yes the first time. Um, and like I said, I think he's just afraid to divorce me at this point. He, he was married before and um, before we knew, like before we started dating or anything. Mm-hmm. And um, their uh, divorce agreement was that he had to take care of all their animals that they had until they died. And I'm like, you've set precedence now if you ever leave me. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he's, he's like, we had. Me and her had like five animals total. You have like hundreds. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It is on record in the court that you agreed to it before. I will get the same thing. So yeah, he's too, he's too afraid. <laughs> so is he, is he retired or is he still working? He retires in August. So he is literally counting the minutes until he retires. He is so excited. I am excited most days. other days i think i might get a job no um uh, no he's he's definitely um excited we do want to do more traveling attend more of of the reptile shows and um he's a falconer so he was excited to get a bird and um so he's looking forward to to doing that again and he has like because he had so many weeks of vacation he gets to take a like a week off almost every month until then so he's oh yeah. Well, that's even he's better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we've worked hard. It was a lot of work to get to this point, you know, so we're pretty excited. And he has the option of um, they would love for him to either stay on a little bit or to come in and do like the more complex surgeries, which is what mm-hmm. he loves to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he might still do like a little bit of consulting type of work. Maybe we'll see how that goes. He's, he's got, he's going to have to find a hobby, you know, something to do. Is he happy now? No, not real. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he loves the reptiles. So he does a lot of stuff with the reptiles, but definitely falconry and he loves woodworking, but those are things he just hasn't had any time for. Um, mm-hmm. Because I mean, if you get a bird, it's a lot of work. It's daily work. It's, you know, hours hunting, training, and he didn't want to half-heartedly do something. So he's been, you know, waiting to do that. My thing is he's like, I'll be like riding and then he'll come and he'll just be like, I want to be with you, which is so sweet. And I love it. But he'll just lay there and stare at me. I like if you're trying to, <laughs> trying to think and he's like, you know, I mean, there's a point where it's like this. This is. Yeah, this is not going to work. You were like, I I was on a roll, but now I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, that's just, you know, or or he'll come up with some like corny pickup line. And he's like, you can totally use that. And I'm like, Please, honey, just. <laughs> stop now like what's your bucket list <laughs> to your ride an list? ostrich <laughs> it's at the top of the list i want to ride that an sounds ostrich. fantastic i know they used to do it in texas but now i think that's not allowed or something so i have to go to south africa i was about to say you have to ask the ostrich permission in texas. I, know. <laughs> I know and i'm getting old and it's like if i don't do this soon i'll break something or a lot of some things so I kind of got to get on this, like literally here soon. I look um, forward to seeing this video. 
I know Miguel just thought he had it with the cow. Just wait until my ostrich video comes out. Um, so, so I, I wrote a bull the year after. Did you really? After Miguel, I did. I was like, I'm going to do this before I'm 40. <laughs> yeah, so before you're breakable, right? Yeah, well, I'm still breakable, but I was like, I'm, I'm going to do this before I turn 40. So we did. It was fun. It was exciting. Oh, that's that's awesome. probably the most that's adrenaline packed anything I have ever done. Like it was crazy. Oh, that that's cool. I, I have to do things well. before 40. I better get on it this year because that's in September. Go, yeah, girl, go. I'm, you can get a lot in. <laughs> I, say, I got a lot to do. I, I think probably for me, the most, I've done a, I've done a few crazy things. Um, but probably the scuba diving with the sharks would be one of my top, like, adrenaline things. Um, That's on my bucket cool. list. For yeah, sure. there was no cage. There was no cage. Uh, <laughs> so that one, Johnny says... I had just got certified and I got certified in November in a rock quarry in Tennessee. It was snowing when we came out of the water. <laughs> I've never been so cold in my life. Um, and he's like, we're going to Florida and we're going to scuba dive. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to do this. My first ocean dive. So he comes to me. He's like, I booked it. And it's awesome because the lemon sharks are in. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Can't we just start with like fish? You know, it's my first ocean dive. Do we have to go with the sharks? And he's like, oh, it'll be okay. Because these are like little ones. Like they're just like an angry chihuahua. It's no big deal. And um, I'm like, okay, okay. It's cool. So then the night before the dive, we're at the hotel. And it's a top 10 countdown of the most dangerous sharks in the world. And it lists the lemon shark. Because apparently they like bite first and ask questions later. And I look at him and I'm like, you said they weren't dangerous. And he's like, yeah, but that's the really big ones. That's like six footers. These, these are just little ones. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, okay, not good. He knows what he's talking about. Surely he wouldn't take me somewhere dangerous. So we get out there and we jump into the water and we're going down and he grabs my fin and shakes it. And there's like angelfish swim by like something off of National Geographic. And I just kick him. And I point and there's two six foot lemon sharks swimming by us. And um, and I'm like, you know, and I guess it's true. Men don't understand size or something. I don't know. But um, so, so he grabs my fin and he's like swims toward them. And I'm like, pretty sure we're supposed to swim away. But they were cool. Um, they were swarming. So there was like a group of like 50 of them and then there was a nurse shark and a bull shark and they come within a few feet of you because the bubbles made them very curious and mm -hmm. they kind of watch what you were doing and they swim off so it ended up being an amazing dive but um definitely not what i expected for my first ocean dive <laughs> yeah that never... that's totally a bucket list thing for me so we actually so we have saltwater aquariums we were just talking about that before but we've actually um had sharks like we've had um, small cat sharks and um, like that's, that's hands down our favorite, like of all of the aquarium stuff, that's our favorite. Like we'll have them again. So I had stingrays and I love those and I had eels and those were a lot of fun because you could tame them, but mm -hmm. I never had sharks. Just didn't, just didn't have the space to do it properly at the time. Yeah, they need quite a bit of space. Even the small ones, like the, I'm talking, ours are little reef sharks, so only 18 inches or so. Um, yeah. They're real thin and small body, but um, they they do need a pretty good size floor space. So. 
That's cool. Someday I I'll have a nice that. big shark tank, a for real shark tank. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have a favorite class in school? Reading. <laughs> I love to read and that was followed by history. Um, I loved everything about history. I was that nerdy kid who could sit there with the old men and go on and on about the Civil War. <laughs> and um, I liked the wars up to World War One. I. I didn't, I wasn't as interested in the, you know, more, I'm going to say modern, even though it wasn't, you know, um, right. I loved, I preferred the older uh, history, but I don't write history as much as it's my favorite, just because, oh my goodness, their readers are harsh. Um, if you use any word that's not perfectly from that era, or you say the wrong fabric on a lampshade, um, you could just be like blacklisted. <laughs> oh, wow. So I'm like, I love, I do paranormal and that's a lot of fun mm -hmm. because it, I can make things whatever I want them to be. And then if yeah. I forget how something works, it's imagination. <laughs> As I say, that just let your imagination run really free being doing the paranormal. Oh yeah. It, the only bad thing is because I have three different worlds. Sometimes I forget what rules I give the magic. <laughs> so I, I'm like, Oh, that kind of sucks. Cause I have to go back and double check to make sure I have consistency throughout the series, but otherwise it's, it's pretty good. I, I would say like, well, I thought that one of my series was like, you know, snarky, like the, the theme, I write mostly strong females. And so the mm -hmm. one female was kind of snarky. So there was seriousness, but it, it was playful. And then I wrote the one that was totally slapstick. I mean, I just let it all like this. I was going to make myself laugh. And I wrote most of it at like three in the morning because my kids, <laughs> I couldn't write when my kids were awake. So I was writing from like midnight to three. And let me just say, like, I lose my mind after midnight. Um, <laughs> some, I, <laughs> And I would write stupid stuff and I'd be like, I'll delete it in the morning. And then in the end, I was like, you know what? I am just leaving this in there. And it ended up being some of the things that get quoted the most out of my books. And I'm like, really? That that was the thing, right? Like I thought this line would be the one and it's not. Um, and then I wrote one that I thought was really dark and like very serious. And people are reading it and they're like, that was so hilarious. And I'm like, Really? <laughs> that that wasn't the goal, but okay. It's like however they take it, right? As long as they're enjoying it, let them perceive it how they want. Yeah. I told my husband I'm funny, you know, that he's just going to have to accept that I'm just funny. And, and he, he, I'm like, people are now telling me that I'm funny. I think that means I'm funny. And he's like, no, honey. No, it doesn't. And he's just looking at you going, oh, Lord. Okay. So yeah. One of my first dates with my husband, he was on call. And he's like, you want to go do a C-section? And I'm like, that sounds like a normal date. Sure. Um, <laughs> like that sounds so like we a were, best date. So we were slinging uh, bulldog puppies. There's, it was a oh, wow. big bulldog. Yeah, and there was like a lot of them. And um, yeah, and, and the lady was so sweet. I was dressed up for a date. And I don't mind to get my hands dirty, but I did not know what I was doing. And these are tiny, like like you don't you don't want to hurt somebody's puppy and she's handing them to me and she's like you got to clear the lungs and she's like swinging them to like clear the lungs oh and my she's gosh. like just grab it and go for it honey and I'm like oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. a very unusual date yeah fun, there was a you remember it though right oh yeah I definitely I definitely remember it there's yeah. he, he's taking me on some 
very unusual dates. They're, <laughs> um, we, I've been to conferences and they're like serving cheesecake while on the screen they're showing ticks being squished and like blood going out. And then there's like a raspberry sauce across the cheesecake. And I'm like, this seems normal. This seems totally normal. Um, yeah, I, I've learned just to not even be shocked. Brittany, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Um, Gobbles Reptiles at uh, Instagram or Facebook is, is usually the best place. I have YouTube, but I don't hardly touch it. I'm not very good at that. All right, Brittany. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure. And, thank you both uh, for having me. We will catch you later. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Brittany. Bye. All right. Thank you all for listening to the In Blue podcast on the Reptile Gumble Network. Y'all have a great evening. Thank you.